I'm Michael Malley, and this is The Mindful Storyteller, where the subject always is stories. Storytelling, story reading, story listening, mindfulness, and the creation of the story space. of The Mindful Storyteller, and I'm Michael Malley. And I'm Ollie Ren Erickson Malley. And uh, today we have a, uh, a little piece called Go Out and Look, and th this again is broken into three sections. We, we begin with a quote, a uh, quote from H.A. Ray, you'll make know from Curious George fame, and then a main body um, and then, and then at the end, some suggestions or thoughts for future actions, and we'll talk in between it. So we'll begin. Uh, oh, we'll begin with um, we'll begin with the bell. So I am going to um, invite the mindfulness bell to sound, and um, we're all invited to just enjoy the sound of the bell in this present moment. Go out and look. If you want to know the stars, you have to go out as often as you can and look at the sky. The number of constellations is not overwhelming. If you know 30 constellations, you have a good working knowledge of the sky. Make the acquaintance of two or three each time you go out, and you will soon be familiar with all 30. H.A. Ray, from his book, The Stars, A New Way to See Them, pages 18 and 20. So, Ollie, you know I love this book, right? Mm hmm The Stars. I do. This is, uh, as I mentioned at the top of the show, this is H.A. Uh, Ray of Curious George fame. And, and he wrote this book. Um, and it's all about constellations, but, you know, a lot of times we see the pictures of the constellations, uh, you know, these kind of these... Um, beautiful kind of uh, Renaissance-type pictures associated with the constellations, and they're the stars and the dots, and they don't seem to have any relationship to the actual constellations. He, all he does is he just connects the dots of these constellations and make these like stick figure pictures, but it really helps you to see them in the sky. Right. Mm -hmm. right. It's to see the picture that they whatever title they were given <clears throat> to see the picture 
Yeah. 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 In a new way. It's very helpful. Yeah, so lots of time I'd be out with, he, he recommends getting a flashlight and put uh, nail polish over the uh, over the lens of it, and I'd, I'd be out at night with the uh, with the uh, flashlight and my H.A. Ray book. There's even a great quote of, uh, the, usually when we go camping is when I do that. Um, he even sent a copy of this to Albert Einstein, and Einstein wrote back to Ray and said, many thanks for your lucid and stimulating book. I hope it will find the interest it deserves. So, a big recommendation to the stars, a new way to see them, by H.A. Ray. Um, I'll now uh, ring the bell again and uh, read the main body. If we visit an ancient site like Newgrange in Ireland, Stonehenge in England, or the Adena and Hopewell Indian Mounds in my home state of Ohio, we can see that ancient peoples saw themselves as living in relation to the moon, stars, and heavenly bodies. Traditions and rituals associated with solstice and equinox are not simply celebrations of the earth, they are festivities recognizing the complex and repeated relational harmony of the earth and its creatures to a greater universe beyond our bounds of understanding or observance. There are celebrations of vastness. We live muted lives. Not muted as in unable to speak. No, we are quite noisy beings. We are muted as in muffled. We have put a damper on vastness. We speak little of the light pollution that has extinguished the stars overhead in our cities and suburbs but the toxic consequences of this pollution are surely great. Amazing technologies enable us to explore the outreaches of our universe in ways unimaginable to previous generations. Ironically, our night sky has been dimmed, so our eyes, minds, and hearts are less drawn to the heavens. Therefore, we are not moved with awe and wonder at the star-filled night. It is no surprise that the constellations represented stories to our ancestors. To draw lines connecting dots of light in space, connecting these immense blazing balls of fire, is to apply story and meaning to the unknowable vastness of the universe. Constellations represent myths and tales. Yet how many of us know the story of the Greek princess Andromeda let alone the constellation tales of cultures beyond Greece and Rome. Even if we do know these stories, what relation do they have to the night sky? We are unable to see the dots of connection. The night sky has been dimmed. There are probably state or national parks not too far distant from where you live. What happens when we go camping with family or a few friends? You may not know many constellations or any stories associated with them, but if you happen to camp on a clear night, you will probably look skywards more than you typically do. Take a moment and notice, in your body and mind, what you are feeling as you look up at that star-soaked sky. Breathe in and out. 
be mindful of what you are experiencing. It may be wonder and awe. I like that reflection. That was good. Yeah? Yeah. I hadn't read it before this. She's a tough audience. So, so you know, I... I that's good. <laughs> you hear that, folks. This, this must be a good one. So, um, it was, it, it, I think of three things. I don't, I don't need to... But, but the three things are just popping to mind. One is that, you know, when we go, we travel to Youngstown to see uh, your mom about once a month or so. And the stars are always more clear there for whatever reason. I mean, it's a big city, Youngstown, but it's not as bright as Columbus. Sure. For whatever lot, reason. A lot less light pollution mm -hmm. in Youngstown compared to Columbus, Ohio, sure. And when, when and actually even driving to Youngstown uh, on the mm. freeway, I'll look off and look up, many times driving at night, uh, look up and notice the stars and we get there. Uh, maybe because there's fewer trees in her suburban air, you know, suburban house there, but we can look up and just see uh, the sky. It's one of the thing, things I notice first when we get there each mm. time. I don't oh, know if I've yeah. ever told you that. I think I do too. That's mm. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's the first thing I think of. Um, and the second thing I thought of in reading this is years ago when we were camping at Assateek. Place with the ponies. Yeah, yeah you, National Seashore. Mm -hmm, you're allowed to uh, camp on the right on the ocean. On the other side of the sand dune was the ocean, and we were camped yeah, there. You, you can hear the waves as you're as you're going to sleep. It's amazing. Yeah. That? So this was the first time we were there, and our daughter, that's now 30, was probably <laughs> six or seven or eight. I don't know, right. somewhere in there. And the three of us were camping there, and we just happened to be there on like August 10th, 11th, 12th, or something when. There was a meteor shower. I don't even think we knew that it was happening. No, I mean, no. we were. It yeah. And it happens annually. Uh, right, mid, right, mid August. Right, so, like August twelfth-ish, so, yeah. yeah. and we were there, and it was just amazing because there's, there, in the distance there's light pollution because there's a big city in the distance, but right there you were on the national uh, seashore without light pollution, and so the sky was brilliant. We were uh, camping. We were cooking. Um, we made a fire at a hole in the sand and we were right, right, cooking right. our tofu dogs and cooking right there on the beach corn. and watching and then we got to meet we're like oh there's a shooting star and then more and more and then we asked maybe we asked somebody but it was the night of the the night of the shooting stars and yeah, it was just yeah. the three of us just laying on the blanket watching just yeah. amazing and just something that we and, and every time I'm you know camping or see this I realize how much I don't see this in my everyday life how many few stars I see um, and um, it's just so so powerful to be out in the stars um, and the third thing was when we were in Ann Arbor and I want you could talk about that when we were in, in Ann Arbor and yeah we, well, well we were we were there for that uh, 
there's a conference on co-housing. We don't we don't dwell in co-housing, but we had, we were t talking about it, thinking about it. Back, this was back in the '90s, and um, we were just in the town there, and we looked up, and I said something about the uh, the Big Dipper. Mm -hmm. Right? And what did mm -hmm. you say? I said, I didn't know the Big Dipper. So this was early 95 or something. 94, I, 95. Shocked. Yeah, I'm I didn't shocked. know the Star And I had gone camping my whole life, but we right. didn't... Didn't do that. Didn't, right. didn't focus on stars. Yeah, and I was like, you don't know the Big Dipper. And so we found that in the sky. And then um, we had the idea, let's, let's, let's get out of town. Let's mm -hmm. see what we could see. Because, you know, again, Ann Arbor's not that big, but, you know, the light pollution thing. So, uh, so we decided to drive out of town, mm -hmm. right? Right. And uh, do you remember? Um, we didn't. We weren't going anywhere in particular, and somehow we ended up. There was like this herd of deer. Do you remember this? Mm -hmm. um, they were kind of in a sub. It was kind of a sub, kind of a suburban development, but it was it was out in the country more, and then all of a sudden they were like just. 15, 20 deer on this little road before us. Mm -hmm. And then we go further out and... Uh, well, we can't, Well, we were seeing things in the sky. I don't know right, quite the correct order, but we, we started seeing the sky like there was like this movement in the sky. We're like, what is that? And we were kind of following that. Yeah. Like this move, like waves kind of in the sky. And we're kind of following that. And then we saw, we saw the deer, but then we saw people like, lots of people out. Right, right. Like, we're like, what the heck is happening? Right, because we, we, we're seeing these things because I'm like, okay, here's the Big Dipper and, you know, we're going to find the Little Dipper and all that. And, yeah, and I'm seeing something that I've never seen. And we end up driving further and further out. And it's not just, it's, it's all these, there's different colors. It's subtle, but there's, there's different colors and, and kind of like waves of color. And... Um, yeah, we end up, we're out on some country road, and there's a bunch of cars. Mm -hmm. it's, it's almost like when you when you go out on the 4th of July for fireworks. Yeah. Yeah. Cars just parked along the country road with people sitting out on the hood, on the roof of the car, just sitting, looking at the sky. And I'm kind of freaking out a little bit, right? Right, what is this? We don't, right? yeah, we don't know what's going on. So I think finally we asked somebody. Yeah. <laughs> and... They said it was a Northern Lights. <laughs> we're like, really? Yeah, yeah the like, Aurora Borealis. Yeah, right? yeah, like that's what we're seeing. Right, and 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 so so we just yeah we had this evening and we just get to, you know, talk about soaking in it. We we, we just get to soak in this incredible um, experience, and and all because. You hadn't seen, because we, we had a plan to get out of town and go to see the night sky before we had seen any of this. Because mm -hmm. earlier we had just seen, oh, here's the Big Dipper, let's see what else we can see out there. Mm -hmm. um, this was years before we even had the H.A. Rain book, that probably these things are related, right? Um, and then kind of to top it off, the next day we go to the meeting, mm -hmm. and there's a bunch of people there, many of them from, um, you know, more local. We had come from Columbus, but many people from Ann Arbor nearby. And um, we just assume, you know, obviously, the further north you go, the more likely you are to see the Northern Lights. Um, it's a great movie, Local Hero, that, that addresses this, uh, uh, seeing the Northern Lights in Scotland. But um, we, we talked to people there, and I remember these people get like this kind of 
sad and surprised look on their face. They said, you, you saw the northern lights here? I've lived here for 35 years. I've never seen the northern lights. And another guy like, yeah, I, I saw them one time, you know, about eight years ago. So it was it was an it was an amazing experience. It was and, an auspicious uh, night, a very yeah. Yes, it was. It was. It was. And again, um, story grows out of it, right? I mean, we have just this is some the, the, these relate to kind of our, our own family stories. So uh, yeah. So the night sky, and and don't forget that H. A. Ray book, uh, the stars, uh, a new way to see them. Mm. Um, I'll ring the bell one more time, and then. Um, Ollie will read the uh, closing suggestions. So here, I'll ring the bell uh, one last time for this episode of The Mindful Storyteller. Wonder and awe are food for storytellers. If a serious athlete must consume so many grams of protein, a formidable storyteller must taste a due measure of wonder. The starry sky was available to our ancestors each clear night of the year. Those of us living in cities and large towns are impoverished. We must seek the stars. So many souls are hungry. Be fed by the night sky. I'm Michael Malley, and you've been listening to The Mindful Storyteller.